Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast, a presentation of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. I am a licensed minister through John G. Lake Ministries and the host of the program, and we are talking today. I'm getting right into this one because this is such a good story, and this has been a story that's been in process for several months, and now that things are resolved and things are back to normal... Um, it's 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 vital that we tell the story, kind of the background to everything going on today, and um, just just an amazing overall the demonstration of God's power uh, going to be on the show today. Joining me is a local uh, friend of our ministry here. This gentleman is the worship culture pastor at a local church south of Las Vegas in a city called Henderson, Nevada. The church is called The Encounter, and joining us on the phone today, again, the worship culture pastor as well as actor and aspiring filmmaker, Chris Ritchie, joining us today. Chris, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, sir? Well, no, no, I am super excited to be here. Thanks, man. Very cool. So um, without any uh, delay or ado, let's get right into it. The The story that we were following involves your father, who had some uh, heart issues along the way over this last year or so, and starting kind of from the beginning when... Um, this started coming on, and uh, when everything happened, could you walk us through the whole story from front to back? Uh, I will do that, yeah. I'll try to get that in. Um, so what happened was um, last year in March, my dad had a uh, had a heart attack, and so they rushed him in, and they took care of it, put a stent in. Nope, there was no problems. Um, he actually was out mowing his lawn. It's kind of a classic, you know, the, the guy mowing his lawn, has a heart attack, calls the, uh, calls the ambulance. And uh, so, but they took care of it and everything seemed uh, pretty good. He actually had another one the night after that in the hospital. But it was a great time to have a heart attack in the hospital. They just rushed in, put, um, reopened the stent, and he was good to go. And he was home, you know, a few days later. Um, and so that was last March. Everything looked pretty good. Um, he had, it seemed like he got his meds dialed in and he was doing good. He, you know, he was kind of up and down, but, um, the last, so the last, so probably the last month before his, the, the last heart attack, um, so he had the last heart attack in, um, October. So, you know, late August and into September. I just kept getting a sense that something was wrong. Now, they, live, they live in Seattle. I live in you know Vegas, and so I don't see them you know maybe once a year. Um, so every time I talk to them on the phone or talk to my mom on the phone, I kind of get it's got the sense that something was off. You know what I mean? In fact, I even told my mom that one time. Um, I said I it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound good. And you know he goes to the doctor for his you know, checkups, and they're like, oh, he's great, great. Now heart's great, everything's great. And I just said, no, nah, I just had a bad feeling about it. And so um, I think it was October the, um, I should know this date, it was like the 14th of October. Um, I'm with my family out. We are having a staycation. Anyone who lives in Vegas knows, you know, you, you want a vacation? to stay in Vegas and talk staycations and have the best hotels in the world here. So we were on the strip at a uh, hotel trying to just relax and uh, just take a night with the family. And my phone rang. We had literally just checked in. We'd been there about half an hour. We checked in, and my my phone rings. And I see it's my brother on, on the cell phone. And he doesn't typically call me. Um, so I thought, hmm, that might not be good. Picked it up, and I just heard him say my name. And then the phone went dead. You know, the, the hotels and casinos in Vegas are classic. They're having terrible cell service. So um, I went to call him back, and my wife was like, "Who's uh, who called you? I said, I was going to go to Troy. I said, um, I don't know. It sounds like not good, like something maybe to do with my dad. I, I don't know. Now, I remember I'd already been having kind of these, this sense that something um, 
might be going on with them anyway. Okay. Um, you know, kind of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit kind of... Um, it wasn't a fear. It wasn't a foreboding. It was just kind of this... My spirit just... Something was off, you know? Okay. Kind of like Holy Spirit was preparing me or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, I called him back. I actually was reluctant. I waited a, I waited a minute uh, to call him back, kind of gather myself, because I thought, man, I don't know. So I called him back, and my he answers, and he says... Hey, hold on a second. Here's mom. So he puts my mom on the phone, and she just starts yelling. Um, it's your dad. They're paddling him. They're paddling him. Of course, I knew that you know meant they're doing the uh, you know the the thing the paddles we see on TV. You know, yeah, defibrillators. Yeah, defibrillator. I I figured that's what that was, and mm-hmm. so I thought that's that's probably not a good thing. And so she was very upset. So. She handed the phone back to my brother, and he now he says he's been down for ten minutes, at least ten minutes. They've been working on him. We found out later he'd been down for probably longer at that point. Okay. They've been working on him for ten minutes, and so I said, <clears throat> I said, okay, um, put me on speaker, and uh, put the phone over to, over to dad. Put me on speaker. He said, okay, hold on. Put the notice speaker, and I just went after it, man. I mean, like, it's it's like this um, this thing came over me. You know, we all, we all have, you know, if we're a son and daughter, we have the spirit, we have the God spirit, you know, living in us, okay? And so it was easy at that point for me just to release healing. So I just went, and probably, honestly, 75% of what I was praying over the next hour or 45 minutes was tongues. I was just speaking in tongues. I was just releasing my heavenly language, and I, so I was just going right after it. And I was, I was, I was literally yelling, "Life, life, life!" Mm-hmm. And so I had my wife. She, she, you know, she could kind of tell what was going on. And you know, we had we had had some issues, of course, with the heart attack last March. And so she knew, okay, but she she also sensed there was something different about this one. So I said, I said, get Lori on the phone. She's one of our church intercessors. Get her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Tell her what's going on. Have her pray as I'm praying. You know, and then I go right back to praying for my dad. Okay. So I mean, I'm going after it. It's probably been now five, seven minutes, and it's just like after life, 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 life. My brother gets back on the phone, and he says, uh, he says, you gotta understand. Now here's the deal. In my brother's defense, we're, you know, was that different? You know, um different journeys and things like that. And my brother's always been one who's been like, hey, you know, when we die, we go to heaven straight, you know? I'll, I'll just soon die and go to heaven. Get out of here, you know? <laughs> and so that's kind of his his you know, his view, his kingdom view, and that's fine. That's not been mine. I enjoy life. I enjoy everything about life, my kids, my family. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't, but I want to live a long, healthy, prosperous life. I want to be a little man. I want to die of natural causes. I actually think that's the more kind of a biblical uh, way to die. If you look at the, the disciples died, they either were martyred, both of them were martyred, and, and John the Beloved uh, died of not old age. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I think it's kind of a plan we either get martyred or you just die of old age. I think that's God's plan for us. So, mm-hmm. um, And in most cases, it's not it's not martyr, martyrdom, you know, especially not in the Western world, but that's kind of a whole other message. But um, so, so in his defense... I, you know, I say, I say that just so you understand his background. So he gets on the phone. He stops. He says, stop, stop, stop. He goes, you got to understand, Chris. He's been down a long time. There's no pulse, okay? Wow. And I said, I don't care. Put me back on speaker. And so he said, I'll try it. He says, you know, you know. I said, I don't care. Put me on speaker. So then I'm going, life, life. I say, I do. I just release every promise ever spoken over you, Dad. I say, I speak to you to your breath. I say, breathe. I release the breath of God into your lungs right now. Breathe, breathe. And so I'm, and I'm pacing uh, the hospital room. I'm going back into my heavenly language, you know, and I'm just going for it. And so my, my daughter, my, my five-year-old daughter, she's just going after it. She's just mimicking me. So she's following me as I pace, and she's speaking in tongues. I mean, I, I didn't even know she spoke in tongues, but she just started going after it, you know, she just like repeating what I'd say. <laughs> she goes into the she goes into the bathroom and our seven year old son is taking a bath and he's 
he's a little more, he's like uh, his mom, uh, not as emotional, like a little more calm in all these, in these situations. And he just took me to take a bath and, and, you know, he, and so Glenn, my daughter goes in and says, Josh, you better start praying for Papa. He says, I'm praying, I'm just praying in my mind. And so this whole thing was going on. And so this goes for about 45 minutes. I'm on the phone with him. And, um, and at one point, actually, my brother and I get in an argument because I said, give, I said, where's mom? And uh, he said, she's in the other room. And I had that whole time she was in the room with my dad. So she was in the other room. So it was easy for her to be outside of the room. She was with the grandkids. The grandkids are the ones, unfortunately, who actually saw the whole thing. They saw him collapse. And they thought he was playing. He was out probably five, I don't know if it was five or ten minutes before uh, my my uh, our neighbor came over. And then the ambulance came over five minutes later, so we have no idea how long he was out. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was in the back room with them, kind of, you know, just kind of playing with them. And, and it was also for her just not to think about it. But, I, you know, I knew, Millie, and I knew that she had to be in the room and she had to be speaking life. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. So I said, put it on the phone. And he he was he didn't want to do that because you know he didn't want to put her through that. And I think he was he had already released my dad. I mean, my dad was gone at that point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and they just were working on him because it's just what they do. There was no pulse. I mean, he was he he was when my brother first saw him, he said he was blue like a pair of jeans. He, that's how fire church. That, that's the line I had to put on the phone, dude. I mean, we got into an argument. <clears throat> I mean, I'm screaming at my brother. I said, I swear, if you don't put on the phone, I mean, I didn't know what I was swearing to, but, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I, I, what am I doing, threatening him? He said, are you threatening me? I mean, this is all happening. Oh. I am on my knees, pounding the floor, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm begging you, put it on the phone. I knew that in order for him to come out of this completely, my uh, my mom, his wife, had to come into agreement with what we were doing and release it. I mean, I felt like I felt like me and Lori and my wife and my daughter and there were a few other people that had that he'd gotten message to were literally keeping him. He wasn't actually he wasn't alive at that point, but we're kind of like I don't know how to explain it without getting too weird. But we were kind of like um, uh, we were kind of like moving the spirit. Like it's like we were we were like. Um, uh, holding, you know, holding him up, if you will. Sure. But I knew my mom had to had to do that. So finally, he put her on the phone. And well, actually, no, that's not true. Actually, uh, I got hung up on. And um, the reason why was the um, I found this out later that the paramedics had come and sat my my mother down and my brother, and they had said, um, "He's gone. We're, we're there's nothing we can do. We've been working on him for you know." 45 minutes or whatever it is, we have no pulse. He has had no breath. He's, it's, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. My mom says, um, actually, I, I, I'm sorry, I, uh, I was still on speaker at that point. Uh, my mom said, um, I didn't know what was going on, but my mom said to them, could you please keep <laughs> trying for just two more minutes? They said, we can't, there's nothing more we can do. She said, can you take him to a hospital? Maybe there's something I can do for him. And they said, they said, uh, Mrs. Ritchie, there's nothing we can do for him. Wow. My brother says to my mom, Mom, let him go. Let them, they've done all they can. He's going to heaven. It's going to be fine. He says, now, he says, at the very time he's speaking that to my mom, he hears me on speaker. He says, you're, just, you're, you're yelling life. And I'm telling him, let him die. He's already dead. Just let him go. And he says, I'm hearing you, your life. He goes, I had kind of a moment there where I thought, what's wrong with me? This is what my brother told me later. And so finally, uh, they said, I'm sorry, we're going to start, we're done. Now, at that moment, there's something happening where they got a pulse. So wow. the paramedic, the paramedic calls them, hey, said, guys, we got something. So they leave my mom, they run to the other room, they got a pulse. So I get my so then I get my mom on the phone. I say, Mom, I mean, I'm yelling at her, like uh, not disrespectful, but I'm just like, are you kidding? You have got to get by his side. You've got to speak life. She says, Well, I, I, there's a lot of people here, and I said, I don't care who's there. Bust your way through the paramedics. Get to him. 
I said, I mean, I literally said, it's on me. I was almost like, it's on you at this point. And so uh, she said, I don't know what to say. So I said, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you through it. I'll, 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 I'll just tell you, you repeat after me. So, so I'm just kind of feeding your lines. And I said, speak lines to Jesus' life. It's a reminding of, of promises. And she goes, I don't remember any promises. I said, just speak the promises of God. There have been promises over his life. So she says, all she can remember is, I remember you said you wanted to see your great grandkids. Wayne, you want, that's a promise. That's what you want. So she's, she's saying, breathe, breathe, life. So take him uh, in the ambulance. They end up taking him. We actually found out the other day when they when they saw the um, report, the ambulance report, the doctor's report. He died again in the ambulance. They had to they had to revive him again. He died like I mean he was dead and then he was alive and then he was dead. And um, he got to the hospital. I got on a plane with my family. Um, I was there. I was there twelve hours later. I was in jail. I walked in to the hospital. And I'm walking down the hall, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, I've prepared you for such a time as this. Wow. So I knew that there was going to be um, some some uh, some warfare going on here for, for him. But, and I don't even like to use the word, I, I don't typically use the word warfare, but um, honestly, there it was. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was um, standing on the promises and, and just knowing that. And I, and I think you, you probably believe this too. Like, he had a heart attack, okay? So mm-hmm. it's not God's will for him to have a heart attack. Right. Because what that did was that caused a lot of pain and terror in our family, and God does not want us pain and terror for his children. Agreed. Yep. Okay, so I, I knew 100% this was not God's will. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to let anybody get in his room the whole two weeks I was there that believed that. Mm. So anyway, I walked down the hall. God lays that on my head. He says, I prepared you for such a time as this. I turn the corner. I see my mom. She's standing outside the hall. I think she's kind of waiting for me. I said, Mom. She turns. She looks. She starts crying. And I said, um, I hugged her. And I and my first words were, take me to him. I mean, honestly, man, I had this thing of faith that was this, like this gift of faith that God had deposited that I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. I went in and I and I couldn't see him because they were working on him, and I could just see like his through the through the the, the whole the whole door was a big wind glass, mm-hmm. and so I could see that just his legs, and I thought, man, that's my dad, you know. So to kind of shorten the story. I didn't get to see him for like an hour, mm-hmm. and so I walk in, I saw him, and then it hit me. He had this. He life support. He had a breathing. They were breathing for him. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Little, very short, fast breaths. You know, and I thought, this is not normal. His eyes were shut. They had forced his eyes shut with, some, like, Vaseline. And he was cold. He was at, like, 46 degrees. They lowered his temperature. They had, like, these, like, they weren't ice. They were, like, ice, kind of like ice packs all over his body. Mm-hmm. I met the doctor, and my mom said, this is my son from Vegas I told you about. And she said, okay. And I said, okay, give me the rundown. What's going on here? So she explained. He had a massive coronary attack. Um, coronary attack, that's what it's called. A little different than a heart attack. And um, so his heart just stopped. He lost a ton of, of um, air to his brain, even if he survived. Uh, he there's going to be brain damage. He's bleeding. Every part of his body is bleeding internally. It's come. I mean, it's literally it was coming out of his ears and out of his mouth and out of his nose. And she was like, and this is what they kept saying the first few days. He's very, very sick. And I'm like, he doesn't have a cold. Like he doesn't have a flu. So and and they were very grim and. Um, at that point, I wasn't sure if he had actually officially died or not, because, I mean, I just was still in a whirlwind. And so, come to find out later, he had died, and they revived him, which was a miracle. He shouldn't have made it past the initial um, operation they did, and now they don't think he'll make it a couple days. So they said, well, he's going to be at least two days. He's in kind of like a coma, and medically in his coma. It's not really what they called it, but that's kind of what it was. So I said, okay, so for at least two days, he's going to be on this ice pack and in this thing. And they said, yeah. And I said, all right. 
uh, I, everyone else kind of left the room except me and a pastor friend who had come, and I just walked over to his side, and honestly, I was, I was reluctant to touch him. I'd never seen any, you know, my dad like that. It was very mm-hmm. strange. I didn't know if I was supposed to touch him. You know, I, I didn't want to do anything that would mess it up. And finally, I'm like, screw this. I put my hand on his chest, and I just started saying, life, life, wow. I was life. And I stayed there um, with my friend, a pastor friend. I, 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 tried, I cried, you know, and I was trying to hold back here. I was trying to be strong. but And basically, um, not to get into every detail, every minutiae detail, but I was there for 12 days. He was in on life support. It was a horrifying experience um, to see my dad like that. And for 12 days, I stood by his side. I stepped to the hospital. I would leave for one or two hours every day just to go see my family. They were staying with their parents. Uh, my, my, my wife's parents lived there, too. So I would get an hour or two of just uh, a little bit of relief, and then I'd go back, and and I would just pray. I, we had worship music playing. I put up scriptures on his the side of his room. Um, one nurse told me, I had this prophetic word that said, um, I was given to me this last uh, last summer because I had my own health care and uh, I had to go get checked out and things like that. And I had a prophetic word given to me from a friend, and it was, your portion is long on life. He wrote it on a piece of paper, handed it to me during a worship service, actually, as a leading worship. He walked over and handed it to me, and it was from me. And I said, that is now a word for my dad. And he's 67, but I thought, that's too young. Mm-hmm. So this nurse told me, you can't pin that, don't pin that up on the side of his bed. The first night, so by like by by now by like day five, you know, I had that thing on the wall, and I said that was such an important <laughs> word to me. I said, "Screw it, I'm putting I'm putting it on his uh, bed." So I really put the nurses in there, and I pinned it on the side of his bed, and um, and then I had I had anointing oil that I would anoint him with, and and um, it was it was a it was an awesome experience in, in in one capacity in this thing that I was able to receive this gift. I'm not turning this about not turning this thing about me, but just to, so that your listeners can be encouraged. When you when you go through something like this, no one knows how they're gonna react until until they go through it. Definitely. And I didn't have any clue how I would react. But God offered me this gift of faith and I took it. Supernatural faith. I mean I've actually been people have said to me over the last many years, you're such a man of great faith. I don't know why they say that to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't feel like that, but I just trust God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving to Vegas was just a trust, you know, uh, we had nothing, we got to move to Vegas, we said, okay, we're moving to Vegas, now we're, and we love it, we call it Vegas home, and it's, we, you know, I call it God's country, and uh, I love it. Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. But it's easy to, it's easy to follow God's voice when you know it's His voice, and you can trust Him, so it's kind of like that, I had this you know, this offer, like, here's some faith, and I, and I could have rejected it and say, no, I'm going with fear, and, I, and I'm just going to, I don't want to, I'm going to trust whatever the doctors say, you know, and just, and I don't want to think about it, like a lot of people did, honestly, for this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. I, so I said, no. In fact, my pastor, actually, you know, a friend of yours, he told me, he felt I was the Smith Wigglesworth of my family. <laughs> nice. And I went, and I kind of had this faith, I kind of brought this faith with me, and the whole atmosphere changed. Yeah. Again, I'm not like I'm not making this about me, sure. but I'm just telling you what what the fact was. Well, you know, let me uh, let me jump in because we're actually a little long. Actually, we went really long, but this was too good of a story to break away from. Um, but you know, it's uh, there's so much a play right here in in that it's. Uh, it's a story of, of not hesitating. It's a story of faith, as you said. It's a story of uh, warfare. It's a story of um, diversities of tongues, as you first started out in, in the discussion with. And um, it's it's interesting to me that so many different things at play, it was like so many layer upon layer of things that you went through during this time. And because of um, not only doing that, but like you said, accepting that faith, now because of it, the dead have been raised, which is just, you know, yeah. and in a lot of us, especially in healing ministry and all that, for some reason, we like to make that kind of our gold standard of everything. And, you know, there, there, 
I don't want to say there is no right or wrong way, but there's just more at play, I think, than we like to give credit to. So it's it's been an interesting story. Now, Chris, we're, we are um, up against our break here, so let me uh, let me stop there. And we will be right back after this segment, guys. Again, we are speaking with Chris Ritchie today, worship culture pastor of the Encounter Church in Henderson, Nevada. And we're hearing the story of his dad who went through a heart situation and had died multiple times and is now walking around getting healthier every day. So uh, we're going to hear more about Chris when we come back from the break. Keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast, and I'll be right back after this. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. And listeners, back on the Heal the Sick podcast with Million, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. You can check us out anytime. Also, don't forget at dominionfire.com for the list of all of our uh, podcast episodes. We speak with amazing men and women of God, and we hear so many great stories. And uh, it's this just shows just been an awesome blessing, not only to me, but to uh, I, from the feedback we're hearing from listeners, people around the world are just loving um, putting God on display for the world to hear and, and hearing the amazing things that he does, and our show today is no exception. Chris Ritchie, the worship culture pastor from The Encounter in Henderson, Nevada, a uh, bedroom community from uh, Las Vegas, which is uh, not far from where we are at. So uh, I know these guys well, been to their church several times. And a little side note, their their worship team off there is off the charts exciting. So if you're ever out that way, make sure you uh, you head over there and visit them as well. So Chris Ritchie joining us today, telling a story about his father over this last year who had uh, a coronary attack, um, had died uh, for long periods of time, and through not standing for it, through taking initiative, through speaking life, through releasing healing, through going to war, layer upon layer of stuff, as we said, uh, his dad is getting healthier every day, walking around, driving, talking, the whole deal, and uh, we're, we're, we we couldn't be more grateful to God for the, the just the power that he invests in his kids. It's it's just ridiculous. So, uh, Chris, what I'd like to ask you right now is, um, would you please tell the audience about your background, your experience, and kind of how you got to where you are today? So I have a um, wife, beautiful wife, two kids, another one on the way. I'm very excited. And we we live in Vegas, like you said, and um, we're the worship culture pastors here. And even getting here was a pretty awesome uh, story. Um, we lived in California years ago. Well, I've been here about two and a half years, so uh, a couple of years ago we were in California, and Lord told us to um, resign as worship uh, pastor, worship pastors. And um, so we we did that. We resigned, and we kind of had nowhere to go, and we were helping another church for a while. And then that that was up. They, as I said, they kind of ran out of money, and so they couldn't, uh, you know, pay us anymore. And you know, I mean, you get paid for what you, you know, what you do. So we we uh, went on the road actually for about nine months, um, just leading worship and conferences and things like that. And and that kind of that dried up. And um, a good friend of mine, Mike Lighty, the worship pastor at ICLV, he had gotten in touch with Zach Wexler here, the pastor of Encounter, and just said, hey, do you want to move to Vegas? And I was like, no, not, not, not even close. <laughs> not, not a chance. And um, so anyway, my long story short, we came out here, visited the church, led worship a couple times, fell in love with the church, fell in love with the pastors, slowly fell in love with the community, but it was more about God linking us to, the, to Zach and Rochelle and to the church, and then 
when we got here, we just we just fell in love with the with the city and the community, and um, and that's how we got here. Um, and so it's just been an amazing experience for us. Um, so that's kind of kind of the current history. Um. So you're back. Yeah, you're back. Sorry about that little technical difficulty there. Um. Your background is in the Bethel community, and if I remember correctly, you had um, attended Bethel School of Worship as well. Is that correct? Yes, I did attend the 07 uh, summer uh, school, yes, uh, Bethel. And uh, and what did you take from that experience? Because you know Bethel is uh, is very well known in the Christian world as uh, one of the central places of like the supernatural worship, prophecy, a lot of things going on that way. So, um, what did attending that and going through that program there? What did that kind of bring to your life, and and how has it uh, kind of manifested otherwise? Yeah, well, that was a that was a great experience. I had um, I really hadn't heard of Bethel. Uh, before then, really, I had a old, uh, this, this was in like 04, I watched an old VHS tape, if I believe it or not, of a Bill Johnson message that my spiritual parents had, had um, sent me when I was up in uh, Seattle. It's not even before I was married, I think. They sent it to me. And then one night, I put this, I was bored, you know, and I was up late, and I'm like, and I had this—I never watched it. I had this old, this old uh, VCR. I'm gonna hook it up, and I'm gonna put this this uh, video in. So, so I just—I was bored. I'm like, I'm gonna watch preaching. I mean, how bored could I have been? So I put this thing in, and this—I never heard of it before. I'd never heard of Bethel, and I get this about like, four, three, or four, and when I'm watching this, and um, actually, I'm sorry, I thought I got the tape. Then I was probably at this point, I was probably. Effects, but I'm watching this thing and he's talking some crazy stuff. I mean, I, I never heard of this stuff before. Like, like I read these verses, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And uh, he was talking about just the love of God, and actually, he was talking about your past, about how he was just walking through the scriptures and it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Do you notice that the word um, past there is not? It's not in the Bible. It's omitted. It doesn't say your past." And I uh, said, "Yeah, that's true." He says, "You know, Bill says it's because you, you have no legal access to your past." And I, I thought, "Oh my gosh!" You know, and he was talking about holding on to past sins, and you know, like you, you've been forgiven, but you're holding on to them, and you feel like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I'm less than, you know, because I did this and. And Bill was like, nope, you have no legal access to that. No blood is covered. I just was blown away. And so I thought, man, i got to get down there. So um, we were at a conference at my church at the next year. Um, and I, I'd, been down to, I'd been down to the Elite's uh, Advance. Uh, I'd gotten invited to from the, my spiritual folks. And back then, it was really hard to get into. Uh, you had to know somebody that knew somebody, and so I, I was lucky to go. I'm one of the last years when it was kind of small still. And I told this, I heard this worship leader. Uh, I couldn't see her. The way she was standing, I could only see her legs. She was wearing shorts on stage, too, which I thought was kind of interesting. She's wearing shorts on stage! Hmm. And so um, I could hear her voice. I thought, man, this is an un- unbelievable uh, anointed worship leader. Who is this person? I met her uh, in the hall, and it turns out it was Kim Kim Walker. Oh wow! Uh, nobody knew Kim. I mean, she didn't. Nobody knew she was. And so, then, so I met her. Hey, good to meet you. Hey, you're amazing. And so we met. Nothing. Nothing else. Right? Good deal. So I go to sort of seven that next hour. I'm like wanting to run a conference and uh, at my church. I want to do and call a power conference, and because the Bethel experience, just being at the leaders' events, and just literally changed me. And I said, let's call it power conference, signs, wonders, miracles. I said, I said, let's be smart here. Let's bring in a worship leader who is not known, but is on the verge of stardom. I mean, honestly, that's how I thought. And I talked to my buddy. I'm like, what about that girl that led worship at Bethel? I bet you she's on the verge of something major, right? Little did I know. My gosh, right? Kim Walker. And so I got her. Uh, I messaged her on MySpace, if you remember MySpace. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, hey, I'm doing this conference. I'd love to have you. Can't really pay you. I mean, but would you come anyway? <laughs> so, 
So I get a response from her. She says, yeah, I'm coming. So she comes. She leads worship with me at this conference. Everybody's like, who is this girl? Uh, and so she goes up. So anyway, she invites me to the school of worship that summer. She says, hey, you need to come down to the school of worship. You'll love it. So I said, yeah. oh, what the heck? Why not? So and that summer, I go down. So just like a, uh, like a couple months later, I go down school of worship. And it's, it was three weeks. It was this intense three-week course. People from all over the world were there. And if I'm being honest, uh, most of them were young guys or people that had, had never led worship before. Very few worship leaders. Okay. And I kind of felt like this was kind of a pride check because I'm like, I've been leading for years. And... I'm, I'm standing, I'm, I'm with these, all these people who don't even know how to play guitar, let alone sing or worship. That was really good for me because it's kind of a pride check. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself. I'm going to learn just like all these people are. So this is an unbelievable experience. Um, I'll tell you one story real quick. Um, then I can move on. Um, you know Chris Allison, right? I believe so, so, yes. Chris was one of the instructors. And like one of our first couple of days there, like the first couple of days there, he lines his stand. Everyone stand up and get in a line and find, make sure you're standing by somebody you don't know that you have no, so, so which was most of the school because, you know, we didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing by this guy from Korea or something. He would come out, you know, and um, he says, okay, turn and face person. And he says, I want you to prophesy over them. Um, and I don't care what it is. If you don't have a word, just make it up. That's what he told. That's what we told him. Make it up. <laughs> and then he says, "But he says, but wait a minute. Since this is a school of worship, I want you to do one more, one more step. I want you to sing over them prophetically." Wow. I'm like, you got to be out of your mind. I'm, I'm <laughs> singing. I'm going to sing over this dude from Korea that I have no. I don't know who this guy is. It's kind of an intimate thing to do. And you know, I really just started walk. I really wasn't even hardly in the prophetic at all. I'm like, oh my gosh. So that was my first experience at the school was having to turn. Now, I said, you go first, dude. Now, this guy busted into this amazing, like, him. This this amazing thing over me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I got to match this. So all I saw a million was a sailboat. Hmm. And I started saying, I just see a sailboat over you. And that's all I had. I mean, my first prophetic, my part of my first five prophetic words were sailboats. Hmm. I see you. In a sailboat. And so that was my school of worship experience and uh, my first few days. That's awesome. So, um, and listeners, you know, um, Chris, again, is the worship culture pastor down at the encounter. And uh, when, and I I would go so far as to say, I've visited many churches in the city and in our general area, and they're hands down one of the best worship teams I've heard. It's just, uh, it, you you really really feel it when uh, when they get going. So if you're ever in the area, make sure you, you stop by and check these guys out because it's it's uh, seriously good stuff. Uh, Chris, we are up against our second break here, so uh, let's stop you there. And uh, listeners, we are going to be back right after this. Again, we are speaking with Chris Ritchie, worship culture pastor, at the Encounter Church in Henderson, Nevada. Also, actor and filmmaker as well, aspiring to that as well. And uh, when we come back, Chris is going to share a little lesson that's on his heart with us, and uh, we're going to find out where to track him down so keep it locked here on the heal the sick podcast don't nobody go nowhere thank you for listening to the heal the sick podcast presented by dominion fire church our ministry is growing and we would like to ask you to grow along with us currently we are in need of financial support and we are asking friends listeners and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. All 
All right, listeners, we are back here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. Again, licensed minister through John G. Lake Ministries, which you can find at jglm.org if you'd like more information. And our ministry here with all of this, uh, the podcast, as well as all of our various creative arts we do, is dominionfire.com. And you're welcome to check out our videos, music, audios, and of course, the podcast. So make sure you share the Heal the Sick podcast with everyone you know, because we are getting the word out about the amazing things that God not only has done, is doing, and continues to do forever and ever. And that's just how it is. It's always there, man. And uh, today we are speaking with Chris Ritchie, worship culture pastor from the Encounter Church in Henderson, Nevada, sort of in our backyard here. So it's uh, it's awesome to have uh, one of our locals up here. And um, we've been talking today about his experience going through uh, watching his dad suffer from some health issues. Uh, there was um, a death a raising of the dead and just a recovery. So it's just the power in this whole story today has just been phenomenal. We learned a little about Chris in the last segment. And in this lesson, um, segment three here in our, uh, our lesson portion, what Chris would like to share is the fact of how God does indeed hear his people and a little bit on a heart of a father. So Chris, what can you share with us today? Yes. Um, and just back to my dad, um, he did. He was dead, and he was raised from the dead. And so it was pretty awesome. I don't know if I said that officially, but... Um, so it kind of goes to uh, what I've talked about here for a minute, is um, God... I just want to encourage uh, the listeners that God really does listen, not just here, but He actually listens to His kids. Um, if you go, just read Exodus, just go through the first few chapters of Exodus, when, when Moses is trying desperately to first not uh, uh, not be used by God because uh, he was scared, you know, I, you know, he, he used the excuse, I can't speak, and so God said, okay, here's Aaron, and, and he was real scared, and every time he'd go to Pharaoh, and God would, um, uh, Pharaoh would say no, and God would send these plagues. But, but so, and we all know the story, but read through on numerous occasions in the first few chapters of Exodus, the, the word says Moses went back to God and God listened to Moses. I mean, he listened to Moses when Moses made requests. Mm-hmm. And you could even say God's changed his mind. I mean, I believe that you can change on God's mind. Okay. Um, it, 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 you know, it, things that line up with the kingdom. And so um, I heard uh, very, you know, well-meaning ministers say about the issue with my father that, hey, Chris prayed and we prayed and they stood for prayer, but really it was up to God. And really, you know, it doesn't, it, it, the prayer is nice, but really God's sovereign. And re, I mean, really, in a sense, it, it mattered, but not really. And I got to tell you, that's very unbiblical. Um, That's right. Just go, just go to the mother of Jesus, Mary, and look at his first miracle when Mary says to the servants, "Hey, um, come on over here," and she calls Jesus over and she says, "Jesus, turn you know, we need more wine. Can you can you do something? Can you turn this into wine? Or what can you well, what can you do? You know." And I, can you do something? Can you can you make a miracle happen here? And Jesus says, "Woman, don't do you not know that it is not my time yet? It's not my time." So in other words, yeah, there's a there, God sure there's a plan, and Jesus had you know there was a time for Jesus laid out where he was going to do his first miracle, his first act, his first miracle. But Mary said, "Can you not do this? Can you do this?" Jesus loves his mom so much that he says to the servants, here's what you do. So he actually changed the course of what he was supposed to do in his first miracle. I mean, if you want to get a little technical, to answer the prayer and the desire of his mom. Why? Because he loved her and mm-hmm. he was in covenant with her. Beautiful. And this is what I'm trying to say, is that when we are in covenant with God, Daddy God, like you have a covenant with your kids, I have a covenant with my kids. When we're in covenant with God, He listens to us. Now, there are many times when we don't get prayers answered because 
he's actually saving us from something. I mean, my, just because my kid says, Daddy, can I go run into the street? I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, sure, son, you can do that. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm why? Because I, because I know better. I'm smarter. It's one of those just trust me moments, son. <laughs> just trust me. And God said that to me before many times when I prayed for something, and I've heard, him, I've heard the Holy Spirit say, just trust me on this. And I go, okay, I can, I can give that up. But there are certain things that, that are in God's will. And I believe healing is God's will. And so there are certain things we don't have to worry about. Well, is this your will, God? Healing is one of them. Okay. So we see sickness, and sickness is always of, uh, is always of the enemy, or you know, uh, or or just uh, just because you know maybe it's not even the enemy, but it's just because we eat like slobs, you know. And so it's we, our body reacts, you know, but it's not from God. So. So when I so when I know that somebody's sick or some or there's you know some issue going on that is anti heaven anti God anti what we see in heaven, I can with faith say nope, God hear my prayer I believe healing right now, and um, I'm just I just honestly get so sick of this God is sovereign stuff oh. and they and He is sovereign but they use it as an excuse. Yes. Like God doesn't answer prayers. That's right. But God didn't answer my prayer. He's sovereign. He obviously had a better way. Mm-hmm. He obviously knew, you know, it was fine. You know, he, he took my son. I'm, I'm, I'm sad he took my son. We prayed for him to be healed. But obviously, God didn't heal him, so that was God's will. Mm-hmm. Or he took my dad or whatever. And I'm like, nope. Don't change your theology based on your personal experience. Mm-hmm. Always base it on Jesus and the character of heaven. And that's that. Gorgeous. That is, I have full agreement with you. And you know, it's as you're as you're speaking, it's just I just feel like just the warmth and love coming over me. It's like it's like the spirit in both of us is like so synced up right now. It's it's really yeah, wild. I, I I do not I do I, I do sense a little. That's awesome, man. Absolutely love it. Um, Chris, we are unfortunately uh, time is burning up here. So before uh, we have to cut out of here, um, would you please tell the audience if they would like to learn more about you, connect with you, uh, maybe ask some more questions about what happened? Because um, we, we did a lot of time on this, but there's still so much more to the story that, uh, that Chris can share with you. And um, Chris, if people would like to reach you, what is the best way to do it? How can they find you? Um, well, uh, of course, you know all the all the social media sites, Facebook. Um, I am uh, you know, Chris Ritchie. You can just type in Chris Ritchie, in, and um, you'll see you'll have a mutual friend, friend in Million. So that's where you can see who I am. Just you can request my friend. I pretty much um, take any you know anybody that requests me. I I take that friendship request. Um, also Twitter, anybody's on Twitter. Um, Twitter.com/slash Chris W Ritchie is my Twitter handle. Um, and those are kind of the best ways to reach me. Um, you know, you can send messages that way. And the uh, website and, uh, for the encounter is what? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's encounterlv.com. Encounterlv.com. With some great things happening there. You know, hopefully moving into a new building um, soon. Of course, we have conferences, um, school of worship. Um, and um, I'm actually I'm I'm in the process of writing a book um, about experience with my dad, um, and so hopefully that will be out sometime in the next few months, summertime maybe. And I'm also working on my next uh, worship EP called, and that's called "Release the Dreamers." That'll be the title track. So yeah, and that's uh... coming up. Yeah, definitely, listeners. Make sure you check that out. Uh, both the book and the music is uh, good stuff. Definitely check it out at uh, all those different places. And Richie is spelled R-I-T-C-H-I-E. And if by chance along the way you can't find them or you do want to connect up with them, by all means, send us a message here at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com, their email, and we will connect you up. I will make sure you get to them. And, uh, Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I thank you so much, and I appreciate you taking out time and, and just just being frank and open with us about uh, just a, a, a tough situation and I'm, I'm so glad that you're here with us um as we end segment three i always ask our guests if they will please uh, pray for our audience specifically for healing however if you pick up word of knowledge prophecy got something that comes to you and you want to throw it out there by all means do so so uh, we got a few minutes left in the time that we have remaining would you please pray us to the end yeah and again thanks uh for having me it was awesome so right now i just uh i just pray that um that the words spoken 
um, today will land on um, hearts that will receive it and that they would know that that they have access to heaven um, that they all, all they have to do God is just go after your heart and there is so much access to heaven that uh, they would be assured that they are a son and they are a daughter and that you treat your sons and daughters so amazing God you basically given us keys to heaven and um, keys to your kingdom to run around in your kingdom to have fun in your kingdom to, to break chains of legalism and religion um, you have given us the keys God over all this stuff as your kids and so and we just pursue you more Father we pursue you more we say we want even more God more God and so I really uh, any feeling right now over anybody that's listening that needs to be healed, uh, specifically of terminal disease, cancer, um, heart issues, God, I release healing. I break the curse of cancer right now. In Jesus' name, I see cancer, and this is weird, I don't even know if it can happen, but I see some sort of cancer in an eye or some sort of degenerative eye uh, disease right now, maybe, and I, I think it's the right eye. I speak to that right now, to that situation. I declare healing right now over your eye. In Jesus' name, you will not go blind. You will not lose your eye. Um, right now, I speak to that in Jesus' name. And I just release peace over your people, God, and um, just let them know that they walk under an open heaven, and the curse of sin and sickness has been broken over your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Ooh, hot fire up in here. That is so awesome. Again, listeners, Chris Ritchie, worship culture pastor of The Encounter, Henderson, Nevada, at uh, EncounterLV.com. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you connect up with them, uh, the good guys over there, and uh, and uh, you won't be sorry. It's uh, good stuff they got going on over there. If you would like to find out more about us, make sure you visit our website. DominionFire.com is our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DominionFire, Twitter.com slash DominionFire, and my personal is Twitter.com slash HealingMinister if you'd like to catch up with my daily uh, musings, which eh, I'm from New Jersey. It's a little edgy sometimes. But anyway, uh, so make sure you hit us up. And, and uh, if you like plain old-fashioned email, DominionFireChurch at gmail.com and make sure you check out our YouTube channel where we have uh, some videos we've posted of some of our demonstrations of healings, miracles, and uh, just other stuff we got going on. So please check that out. Please tell a friend and um, please keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast with me, Million. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. We got more and more just amazing men and women of God telling such good stories. So uh, make sure you stay with us and uh, share, 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 share. Let everyone know about it. We'll see you next time here on the program. And as we always say, boom, goes Yeshua. We'll see you next time.